0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وارزقنا علما تنفعنا به امين رب العالمين Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. We continue again tonight with the beautiful names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The Fiqul Asma'il Husna by Sheikh Abdul Razak ibn Abdul Muhsin Al Abad Al Badr Hafizullahum Allahu Taala. And the next name that we're moving on to is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's name ar Rauf, Allah's name ar Rauf, which is the most kind, oh, the kind. And this name we find in 10 verses in the Quran, 10 ayat in the Quran you will find the name Ar-ra'uf and this name comes from the word Ar-ra'fah, Ar-ra'fah and this name or this word Ar-ra'fah what does it mean Ar-ra'fah Imam Ibn Jarir al-Tabari Rahimahullah he said that it is the highest of the meanings of mercy when we speak about Allah's mercy we know that Allah's mercy has branches and levels the highest of these levels is known as a rafah Ra'fah, right? Ra, Hamza, Fa, Ta, ta marbuta Ra'fatun, right? So he says it's the highest of Allah's or the highest meaning of the word of, of Rahmah, Ar-Ra'fah And he says it is general for all of creation and it will be specific for some of them on the day or in Qiyamah or should we say in the year after, right? <coughs> um and of course the supplies to who will, receive, who will receive the special mercy in the akhirah the uliya and the muttaqeen and the mu'mineen they will receive the special ra'fa and mercy and kindness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the year after Tayyib. and then Shah Abdul Razak, says that from the beneficial principles regarding the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or specifically in this issue the fiqh of Allah's names is that when Allah subhanahu wa taala ends off an ayah with these names, many ayat he ends off with one or two of his names. Then, the ruling that is mentioned in that verse, we say that it has a direct connection to the names by which Allah subhanahu wa taala ends off those ayat with. So those ayat are not ended off with random names; they are ended off with names which fit the context of the ayah. Understand this? And what follows next in this chapter of the name al rauf the Sheikh basically mentions those ayat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this name al rauf and then he shows us the context of how this name fits into, into that verse, into that ayah. So for example, Allah Azza wa he says in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 143, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَ إِيمَانَكُمْ لَا رَأُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ رَأُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ And never would Allah have caused you to lose your faith. Never would Allah have caused you to lose your iman. Indeed Allah is to the people kind and merciful. Allah is to the people kind and merciful. So Sheikh Sheikh Abdul Razak explains and he says that it's not befitting for Allah. Nor is it. Possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When we say possible, of course nothing is impossible for Allah but he is bound by his by his attributes and by his names and by his promises and this is what we mean in this context by possible. So rather we should say it's not befitting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cause our iman or our deeds to be lost or to be wasted Why? Because of his perfect mercy. And his perfect kindness, his Ra'fa, Because this is the nature of Allah. That his mercy overcomes everything. It encompasses everything. He is too merciful and too kind to cause our iman to be wasted. To be something that is lost. And therefore the Sheikh says, This is a glad tiding. That Allah, a great azimah. It's extremely great. Glad tiding that Allah has sent to the... To the people of Islam and Iman, that Allah will preserve your Iman. That as, as long as you are sincere and you do your best as a believer, you strive and you do, you do your best. You fear Allah as much as you can. Allah will He's promising you that He will preserve your faith. He will preserve your A'man. And this is the glad tidings that we have: that Allah will never just cause your iman to be lost. That all of a sudden, for no reason, you woke up one day murtad wa billah. This is not the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, He will preserve our faith. And He will give us success by increasing our Iman. وَمَنْ فَإِنَّمَا لِنَفْسِهِ Whoever shows that gratefulness to Allah, that appreciativeness to Allah, he is appreciative for himself. But also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whomsoever is grateful, Allah will increase him in that. So, when we are thankful and grateful with our Iman, Allah only increases us in our Iman. He will never cause you to be lost. Because He is, as the Ayah ends off by saying, Rauf Ra'ufur Rahim. So, this is how this, this name now fits into this verse. That Allah will never cause your Iman to be lost, because He is Ra'uf. He is the kind and He is the merciful. Then, in also in Surah Baqarah, verse 207, Allah wa jal says, and of the people is he who sells himself. Not for the dunya, not for anything else, not for wealth. Rather, he sells, he sells himself. Seeking means the approval of Allah or the pleasure of Allah. This is why he gives up his nafs his self. This is what he sacrifices for. Wallahu ra'ufun bil ibad. And Allah is kind to his servants. So these muwafakun, the those successful ones who have achieved the greatest of success. They sold themselves, they strove, they sacrificed of their desires and of their wants, even if it was halal, for the sake of Allah. To seek and to find the mercy and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and all they wanted was the reward of Allah. But who are these people? Or rather, who gave them the success? Who gave them the ability to reach this station and this level? This is nothing, it only comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It only comes with the assistance and the mercy and the rahfa of Allah. And that's why Allah ends off this ayah by saying. When he praises this group of people, what's a characteristic of a successful group of people. But the ayah ends up by saying that Allah is Ra'ufun ibad He's kind to his servants. Meaning, it's out of that kindness that they can possibly achieve this level. That they can reach this point where they only work for the sake of Allah. Where they only sacrifice and they strive to please Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. But this only comes by the mercy and by the success given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make us of them. In another example, Allah azza wa jalla says, "Yawma تَجِدُ kullu نَفْسِمْ مَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ And that day when every soul shall find what he has done of good present in front of him. muhdara, It will be there. وَمَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ سُوْءٍ And what it has done of evil. Both will be there. تَوَدُّ لَوْ أَنَّ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ أَمَد and he will wish that between itself or between himself and that evil was a great distance. Wa you nafsa, and Allah warns you of himself. Wa you nafsa. Allah warns you of, of himself. Wallahu ra'ufun bil ibad. And Allah is kind to his servants. How does this name now fit into this ayah? What is Allah speaking about on the day of qiyamah you will find your good and you will find your evil in front of you present and that evil you will wish that between you and that evil deeds is a big massive dif- distance amidan ba'ida and Allah then says that he warns you about himself and then he says that he is kind to the slaves how does this word fit into this ayah Allah's kindness How does it fit into this verse? The Sheikh says, what we benefit from this is that even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of his severity in his punishments and with all of this threat that he gives and this warning about this day, he is still kind to his servants. How? It's out of his ra'fa, that mercy and kindness that he warns them, that he instills fear within them. That he promises them that if you are going to meet me with evil, this is going to be your the end. This, in fact, is a mercy from Allah. The fact that Allah warns you and sends you warnings, and the fact that he instills fear into you as a slave of his, this is actually a mercy from Allah. This is actually a kindness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because had it not been for that, what would have happened? If Allah never sent us warnings, if Allah never sent us a reminder or a, an ayah wherein it instills fear within us about Qiyamah and the threats of Qiyamah and all of the things that's going to happen on Qiyamah, what happens if, we don't, if we're not aware of it or He never ever informed us of it? Naturally, the, the, a, a person becomes heedless and a person becomes neglectful. Because he has got nothing to worry about. Any person who has no worries, no issues, nothing to deal with, no responsibility. What happens to such a person? He becomes lax. He's is too over relaxed. Takes everything too easy. So there needs to be that bit of warning. There needs to be a bit of a threat involved. And this even in our daily lives, this is the case. When you go to work, if you don't abide by the laws, what happens? Salary cut, or a demotion, or even lose your job. Take a child. If there's no threat, if there's no warnings, child runs a mock. This is the way, this is the system, this is how things work. So it's out of Allah's mercy that He gives us this warning. And this is why He ends off the ayah by saying that he is still ra'ufun bil'ibad. With all of this, with the threat of this day, he is still ra'ufun bil'ibad. And over and above that the Shaykh says that out of Allah's mercy He makes it easy for us to follow the path of goodness, the path of khair, the path of Jannah. It's made easy for us and this is why He constantly warns us, constantly, وَيُحَذِّرِكُمُ nafsa? Allah says that He warns you about Himself, that you need to be scared of Allah, you need to have fear towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala along with your love and along with your hope there is a big part of this pillar of ibadah, which is fear. The next point the Sheikh says is where Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says, دِفْءُ دِفْءُ And the grazing livestock, the an'am, Allah has created for you. In them is warmth. <coughs> In them is warmth. What does this mean? you can use it as a jacket fur you take the wool and you can use it in them is warmth and numerous benefits وَمَنَافِعُ and and from them is that what you eat وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا جَمَالٌ and for you in them is beauty or the enjoyment of beauty حِينَ تُرِيحُونَ وَحِينَ تَسْرَحُونَ when you bring them in for the evening and when you send them out to pasture even this is a rafa and then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says وَتَحْمِلُ أَثْقَالَكُمْ إِلَى بَلَدٍ لَمْ إِلَى بِشِقِّ الْأَنفُسِ إِنَّ الرَّحِيمٌ. and they carry your loads to a land you could not have reached except with difficulty to yourselves indeed your Lord is kind and merciful without this camel or a cow or a donkey or a horse you travel with you know back then how would they have traveled? they carry their the luggage and they, you know, their belongings, except that they carried it upon these things. These things have been, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It is, lakum. He created it for you. It's for our purpose, for our enjoyment, for our benefit. And there are various ways that we benefit. And even this, Allah ends up by saying, Inna na Your Lord is kind and merciful to you. This is another sign of that Rafa, that he has made all of these means for us to serve us in various ways. This is Allah's Rafa. And the Sheikh says, we can even remember Allah's Rafa upon us in today's time, when we look at our cause, when we look at our modes and means of transport that we have to, to, we don't travel by cattle anymore, an arm. We have better modes of travel. And much more luxurious, much more, with much more ease and comfort. And this is Allah's ra'fa upon us. This is Allah's ta'ala's kindness upon us. And you take into consideration the speed, the size, the comfort, everything. This is Allah's ta'ala's ra'fah. Another example of Allah's ra'fa in the Quran. So Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala says, "أَفَأَمِنَ الَّذِينَ مَكَرُوا Allah, <laughs> أَيَخْسِفَ اللَّهُ بِهِمُ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ." then do those who have planned evil deeds feel secure that allah will not cause the earth to swallow them or that the punishment will not come upon them from where they do not perceive or that he would not seize them during their usual activity and they could not cause failure meaning they cannot stop allah or that He would not seize them gradually, But indeed, your Lord is kind and merciful. Look at the context of these ayat. This is again warning. About those who plan evil deeds, those who are living a life of sin and are planning to do more sin. Allah gives them various ways that they should be fearful of. Should they not? Do they not fear that Allah will punish them in this way and that way he will capture them in this state? But Allah ends of those ayat by saying, Indeed, your Lord is kind and merciful. How so in this context? The fact that he doesn't punish you immediately. The fact that he has given you an opportunity. With all of that planning, with all of that sin, if Allah SWT was to punish us immediately, who would remain? And in fact, we've spoken about this before. When we spoke about Allah's name Al-Halim, the forbearing one. This is an example of hilm. where Allah gives you an opportunity enough time to make tawbah, enough time to come back to him. This is another example of this that Allah refers to it as his Ra'fa, as that kindness of Ar-Ra'uf. Also Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says Alam tara anna Allah sahhara lakum ma fil ard wa al-fulk tajri fi al bi amrih wa yumsiku al-samaa' an taqa'a 'ala al-ard illa bi inna Allah bi al-nasi rahim Do you not see that Allah has subjected to you whatever is on the earth and the ships which run through the sea by his command and he restrains the sky from falling upon the earth unless by his permission Indeed Allah to the people is kind and merciful This is another example of Allah's ra'fah He has subjected everything for us what's on the earth what's on the what's on the seas all of this is an example of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ra'fah and then in surah nur allah says and if it had not been for the favor allah favor of allah upon you and his mercy and because allah is kind and merciful the context of this ayah if you read the ayat before this it refers to the ifq of Aisha, Ummul Mu'mineen, radiallahu anha. The beginning of Surah Nur, this is the 20th ayah. The first in ayat Allah speaks about various things, about zina, the punishment of the zani, about the husband and the wife that accuse each other, and so forth. And then Allah says, Inna ifki minkum la Allah speaks about those who came with the slander, they are nothing but a group. Don't think what they have brought is bad for you, rather it is good for you. That slander for you, O oh Aisha, and the family of Aisha, was not a bad thing for you, it was actually a, a good thing for you. And then the following ayat speaks about the attitude of the believers, what it should have been. Not to have involved themselves in fitna, not to have believed in the slander that was being spread. And to think better of the person and so forth. And even in the tafsir there's an example where one Sahabi came home and his wife said to him, Have you heard the rumors about Aisha? And he said, Yes. And she said, What do you think? And the Sahaba's response was, Who's better? You or my wife or Aisha? And the wife said, Aisha indeed is better than me. And the husband said, "Would you have done such a thing?" And the wife said, "I would have never done such a thing." And then the husband responded to her by saying, "If you, if Aisha, if you cannot do that, then who's Aisha?" Say, so if you consider yourself to be free and innocent, that you would not commit such a sin, a sin of zina. Then what about Aisha? She's better than you. And this is what you know. It comes in just in ayat. Allah speaks about the ifk. And Aisha, she says it's ten ayat. Because in the hadith of the if where she speaks about the lengthy story what happened and how tough it was upon her and upon the Prophet. Their relationship was obviously strained. The Prophet did not receive wahi for 40 days. And in this period, there were rumors. It was the group that was with him, and there were others who kept quiet. And the more she said, I'm innocent, the more the Prophet he could not just take her aside. For fear of what people would say, you're just taking your wife's side. And he waited for something, he waited for wahi, And Aisha radiallahu anha, she had to endure all of this fitna. And she became sick, she became ill. And the hadith mentions that she would cry so much, she says, I thought my liver would burst. This is how much she, she suffered. And these narrations where she says to her father, to answer the Prophet on my behalf, and go and to my mother go oh, also the prophet go tell him and they would say we are unable to do that we cannot just do that and this would be extremely difficult for her to endure until the prophet comes to her and says to her if you are innocent you know allah will reveal your innocence if you are not innocent then come out make tawbah allah will forgive you and her response to this was more anger or stubbornness, how could you even say that to me? And she turned her back to the Prophet and she lay there and she wept. And there were women who consoled her until she says, The Prophet he went through a state and she looked at him and she saw that pearls of sweat that, would, that he would experience when he received wahi. And that difficulty that his body went through, that strain of the Quran being revealed upon him. And then he recited the ayat in Surah Noor about the ifk. Allah referred to it as an ifk, as a slander. That those who came with this ifk, it was nothing but a group of people who came with slander. And don't think it was bad for you, it was only good for you. Because Allah has forgiven your sins, Allah has raised your ranks. And forever these ayat will be recited about Aisha radiallahu anha. About the patience and the strength of Aisha radiallahu anha. And the lessons that were learnt and so forth. And at the end, and towards the end of those ayat, Allah سبحانه ta'ala He says, "Ya izukumullah wa anta'udu li abada." Well, firstly, Aisha said, "I never thought that this would happen. I thought that the Prophet would deceive a dream where he saw what happened, or something to that effect. But I never ever thought that Allah would reveal ayat regarding me. She did not see herself as that significant." This was the humility, but Allah revealed ayat to free her from the slander. And towards the end of the ten ayat, Allah says, "Ya'idukumullahu anta'udu limithlihi abada," that it is not permissible for anybody to say similar to what was said again. Abada, meaning what? the, the slander can never now be repeated again anybody who says what they said about her that she committed zina in kuntum allah says if you are believers if you are believers and this is why the ulama on this ayah what have they concluded if you are not a believer then you will be of those who continuously spread the slander of aisha radhiyallahu anha and this is why the scholars they say that we have agreement within Ahl sunnah wal jamaa there is no difference of opinion all the ulama that agree that whosoever says that Allah that Aisha was not innocent, or they are not sure, or that Aisha did commit zina, he is a kafir. He is a kafir. He is not a Muslim because he rejects the Quran. And this is why the Rafidah, the group of the Shia that say this, we say to them, you are kuffar, and we do not regard you as Muslims. We not regard you as Muslims, and this is the view, unanimous agreement of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, because the Quran said it. And there are many other ayat on that issue, and then Allah revealed this ayat to say, had it not been for the favor of Allah upon you and His mercy, and because Allah is kind and merciful. Those ayat go read the ayat, and see the hikam in the ayat, all the wisdom that's mentioned, of guarding your tongue, of thinking well of others, of not falling for, uh, slander and for unverified information and so forth Chastity, the importance of not slandering others and so forth So Aisha radiallahu anha Ummul Mu'minin. She is the mother of the believers As a man one day came to her and said You are not my mother I don't regard you as my mother And Aisha said to him I am the mother of the believers Not the munafiqin. I am not the mother of the hypocrites End of story you don't regard you as your mother, then you're not a believer. End of discussion of Allah Musta'an. And when she passed away on her deathbed, she was full of fear to meet Allah. Full of fear. Like any believer should be. And Ibn Abbas, Radiullah Anhumah, he came to her and said, What is there for you to fear? Why should you be fearful? You were the most beloved to Rasulullah, SAW, and Allah revealed your innocence from above the seven heavens. Allah revealed your innocence min fawq sab'a samawat from above the seven heavens. So what's there for you to fear? O oh mother of the believers, may Allah be pleased with her. let um, just take one more example is also a refutation on the Shia where Allah SWT says جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ and those who came after them Specifically speaking about the Sahaba, The previous ayah spoke about the Ansar. The ayah before that speaks about the Muhajireen. Allah says, those who come after them, after these two, after the Sahaba, what is it that they say? What's their characteristic? يقولون رَبَّنَا لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سبقونا بِالْإِيمَانِ Our Lord forgive us. And forgive our brothers who preceded us in faith. A characteristic of the believers are those who make for the sahaba. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in this ayah. قلوبنا, and do not put in our hearts Any resentment or rancor or hatred towards those who have believed. <coughs> our Lord, indeed you are kind and merciful. So, uh, uh, an, an, an ayah, or should I say a sign of a believer is that he prays for the believers and specifically for the sahaba. And that he has no rancor in his heart for them. That's a believer. As for the munafiq, or the disbeliever, he's full of rancor, hatred, and he only curses the Sahaba. And this again is the description of the Shia. And this is why we say it's, this ayah is also a refutation on the, the Rafida, or those Shia who curse the Sahaba. May Allah's curse be upon them. Rabbana innaka ra'uf Rahim, Our Lord, indeed you are kind and merciful. Kind again, Rafa. How does it fit in? Allah is the one who connects the hearts. Allah is the one that brings about restraint and brotherhood for the believers and amongst the believers. Allah subhanahu wa taala, alam and Allah knows best. Are there any questions on this name? Or on these issues that we spoke about? Anything that needs clarity? Ta'if. That is Allah subhanahu wa taala's name, Al Rauf, the most kind, or oh, the kind. The next two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Hasib and Al-Kafi. Al-Hasib and Al-Kafi. Al-Hasib is the Reckoner. And Al-Kafi is the Sufficient. The Sufficient. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah an nisa Wa Billahi Hasiba And Sufficient is Allah as an Accountant or as Accountant. And Allah says in Surah Zumar Alaysa Allahu Bikafin Abda Kafin is Allah not Sufficient. For his slave? Is Allah not sufficient for his slave or his servant? Right? The meaning of Al Hasib is Al Kafi. They I mean basically the same thing depending on the context. Al Kafi, the one who is sufficient for his slaves, for all that which is of their concern and of worry in terms of deen and dunya. He is the one who makes things easy for them and is the one who expels all harm and, and difficulty from them. This is Al Hasib. Also, from the meaning of al hasib is the one who preserves the actions of the slave. The one who he guards and he preserves the amal or the a'mal of his slaves. And this is why if you check the previous ayah, it was translated as accountant al hasib This is where this meaning comes from. Because Allah is the one, part of Hasib is the one who he accounts for our deeds. He accounts for our deeds. Everything that we do is written down, is known in the lawuh al it's written in our books, on our shoulders. So none of our deeds are lost unto Allah, this is al Hasib, everything is accounted for, everything is accounted for. And also, he distinguishes between what's righteous and what's pure and what's not. And therefore on Qiyamah, he will reward those who did pure deeds with goodness, and those who did incorrect deeds or bad deeds with punishment. This is al-hasib, right? And al-kafi he is the one who is sufficient for his slaves. Al-kafi is the one who is sufficient. There is nothing that we need beyond al-kafi, because he is sufficient for all of his slaves, no matter what the issue would be—a dunyawe issue or a religious issue. And then the sheikh says that al-kafi is kifaya. That sufficiency of Allah is in a general and a specific way, as we speak about with all of Allah's attributes. Is general how He suffices for everybody, Muslim, non-Muslim, disbeliever, and so forth. And secondly, in a specific way, Allah has a special type of kifaya. Allah has a special type of sufficiency that He gives to the mutawakkilin, the people who put their trust in Him. The people who put their reliance in him, to the muttaqin, to the righteous, those who fear him, they are given a special type of kifaya. As Allah SWT says in the famous ayah, Wa may yata wakkala alallah fahu Whomsoever puts his trust in Allah, then Allah is sufficient for him. Hasbu. See that word hasaba comes from? That's where Hasib comes from. And this is why we say Hasib and Kafi is very similar. Allah is sufficient for him. In every, in every way, as we say the religious way, or a worldly matter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient for him. This is for the one who puts his trust in Allah, completely and solely in Allah. His heart is it's firm in his belief that all I need is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah is with me, khalas, that's it. I don't need anything else beyond that. And this is, as the Sheikh says, a great bounty. This is a great favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon his slave, for the one that slave of his that puts his trust purely in Allah. That has that faith, that strength in him. That Allah is sufficient for me. Hasbi Allah Waqel. Sufficient is Allah for me, and He's the best of waqel. Right? So much so the he would say when he went to bed every night before he slept, Alhamdulillah, praise praises due to Allah who fed us and provided us with drink, wa kafana wa awana, He sufficed us, kafa. sufficed us, and provided us with shelter. Fakam mimman la kafiya wala mu'wi, for how many people there is that have nothing to know, none to suffice them. And none to provide him with shelter. So every night, this is a, this is your gratitude to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. utter before you sleep, you praise and you thank Him for His food and drink, for His shelter, that roof over your head, and for His sufficiency that He has given you. That that you don't need anybody else, you don't need anything else. Fakam kafi How many people don't have a kafi? They don't have. Someone to suffice them, or anything to suffice them, and how many don't have a shelter, Allah Musta'an. Taib. Another example from the Sunnah is the du'a when we leave the home. The du'a when we leave the home. That the Muslim, when he leaves the home, he's supposed to say "Bismillah." tawakkaltu ala Allah la hawa wa la quwwata illa billah, because we acknowledge that we have nothing besides Allah we acknowledge that without allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are unsafe we need him at every moment we need him at every blinking of an eye bismillah we say in the name of allah la hawla wala quwwata tawakkaltu ala allah i put my trust in allah i put my reliance in allah you remind yourself that's why it's important to understand the dhikr i say in the name of allah and i put my trust and my reliance in allah why ta illa billah. There is no haul. There is no changing of condition. There is no kuwa. There is no might or power except with Allah. So the dhikr itself is a beautiful meaning, but along with that, Rasulullah He said, "When you say this, as you leave the home and you say this, the shaitan. or oh sorry. Firstly, it is said to him. You will not hear this, but you should know it said." Because Rasulullah SAW said it. It is said to him. What said to him? Anybody know? Hudita, wa Wabukit. Three things are said to him. You have been guided. You have been sufficed, and you have been protected. Kufit, sufficed. And when the shaitan comes to him, or approaches him. It another shaitan says to that shaitan when a shaitan approaches him there is another shaitan that tells that shaitan what can you do with the one who has been guided sufficed and protected meaning there is nothing that you can do with this person there is nothing that you can do with this person so you are guided in terms of to the straight path that you take the right decisions you are sufficed Allah will take care of your affairs, your needs. And you are protected from all the evils and harms that are out there. And this is so key and especially for us. If you think of our society and the way things are, this is your, this is your weapon. This is your protection. This is your guidance. This is your, <coughs> your, your, your what's the word your sufficiency. Kuf'it. The hadith says you are sufficed. Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said that, Tawakkul in Allah, is from the strongest of asbab. It's the strongest of causes that protects the slave. Your ultimate protection is your belief in Allah, your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says it will save you such that you cannot even imagine of the harms that are out there and the zulm and the enmity that's out there, it will save you. Wa huwa min aqwal asbab fi says. It's from the strongest means of protection for you. Fa inna Allah hasbuh. Because if you have this ta'awul, Allah is there to suffice you. Allah will suffice you. Nobody else. Not your spouse. Not your father or your mother. Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala said, He will suffice you, and this is why it is the strongest cause of of your protection. And He says, Wa man kana Allahu kafiya wa waqiyah, fala matma'a fihi li'adubihi. So if he has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with him as his sufficer as his protector then there is no chance for his enemies to take aim at him. They don't even have an aim. There is no aim for them. Never mind coming close to you they don't even have an aim at you and they will not be able to harm you in any way. This is what Ibn al-Qaim said. Except for those, you know, natural, a natural type of harm, like your cold and your hunger and your thirst and those type of things, this you may be afflicted with, but proper enmity and harm and oppression and and hurt, he says, you will be protected by Allah subhanahu wa taala because Allah said, whoever puts his trust in Him, فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Allah subhanahu wa taala will suffice him. طيب at the end of the chapter, the Sheikh he brings a hadith in the Tirmidhi where Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi he said, in fact, the, the background to this hadith is Muawiyah Radiyallahu Anhu he wrote to Aisha. And again, we're speaking about the virtue of Aisha. The status of Aisha who was a faqihah the great scholar of Islam. He wrote to Aisha from Sham, and he said to Aisha, Salamun Alaiki peace be upon you can you write to me something, advise me with something but don't, don't make it excessive, keep it simple, give me something short and sweet he wrote all the way to Aisha, so she can write back and give him some type of benefit so Aisha radiallahu anha, she wrote, she said to Muawiya, salamun alaika أما بعد آس follows فإني سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول he said I heard Messenger of Allah say مَنْ إلْتَمَسَ رضى رضى الله بِسَخَطِ النَّاسِ كَفَاهُ الله مؤنة النَّاسِ so seeks Allah's pleasure by the people's wrath Allah will suffice him from the people. ومن الناس الناس بسخط الله الله إلى الناس والسلام عليك and she said, Whomsoever seeks the people's pleasure by Allah's wrath, Allah will entrust him to the people. Was salamu alayk, peace be upon you. That was the letter that she wrote in the response. One hadith basically. She narrated to him, and this was her response to Muawiyah. You want short and sweet advice? Here's something short, powerful, and sweet. Whomsoever seeks the pleasure of Allah through the wrath of the people. The anger of the people. So you do something for the sake of Allah. Why? Because you know this is the right thing. Allah said it, or Rasul said it, or this is what the Sharia wants. But people's going to become angry with you or upset with you. But what's the people gonna say? You know, this is what happens. Sometimes you want to follow the Sunnah, what happens? What's the obstacle? But the people. The people's gonna say, and the people's gonna object, and somebody's gonna get angry, and this one's gonna get angry by the wrath of the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, kafar, Allah. Allah will suffice him. Muqnatanas. Hmm. Over the anger of the people, whatever the, the issue is, Allah will take care of you. Don't worry. Don't worry about them. Allah wa ta'ala will suffice you. Over them. Because in reality they have no power. They have no they have nothing. And on the flip side, whomsoever um, seeks the pleasure of the people through the wrath of Allah. You know it's haram. You know it's not permissible. You know, it should not be done, but we do it because our fear of the people. What's the people going to say? And so we do it in any case. Knowing it's not permissible, the hadith says, Allah will entrust him to the people. Meaning what? Allah is not going to suffice you. Allah is not going to take care of you. Allah is going to leave you to the people. Whatever you need, go find it with them. Whatever you are seeking, go find it with them. Wassalamu alaykum. This is the end of the hadith, as you said, and peace be upon you, O Muawiyah. that's a powerful hadith, but it shows us that, how we can attain that kifaya of Allah, that sufficiency of Allah. It's just to work for the sake of Allah, subhanahu wa taala. It's to sacrifice for the sake of Allah and not for the people. May Allah make us stronger. Ameen. another hadith that the Sheikh brings is. Wa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said man ja'al al-humumah hamman wahida hamal ma'ad kafahu Allahu hamma dunyah Subhanallah Allah says or the hadith says Rasulullah sallallahu said Whomsoever focuses all of his concerns on one thing hamal ma'ad the akhirah all of your worries your concerns is for the the year after kafahu Allahu hamma dunyah Allah will suffice him over your concerns, over his concerns over the dunya. Allah will take care of his dunya we needs. Whatever his worries and concerns were in this world, because he's throw for the akhirah, that was his concern, his main everything. You see, in this dunya, we have things that we worry about, goals and uh, responsibilities that we have, but all of that is done. On this pathway towards Allah. SWT. It's not something that takes you away and off the path of Jannah. Or off the path of Allah that leads you to His Jannah. So everything that we do should be aligned to this path. To the path towards Allah. SWT, towards Allah's paradise. So whomsoever makes his concerns that concern, everything else is to fall into place. Allah will take care of all those concerns. All of your worries in this dunya, all of your concerns will be taken place. وَمَنْ تَشَعْبَتْ بِهِ الْهُمُومِ فِي أَحْوَالِ الدُّنْيَةِ Whomsoever has, whomsoever wanders off in concern over different worldly issues. Everything is an issue, everything is a concern. I need to do this and strive for that and achieve this in the dunya and get that done for the dunya, get that done for the dunya. لَمْ يُبَالِ اللَّهِ لَمْ يُبَالِ اللَّهِ فِي أي أَوْدِيَتَهُ هَلَكْ Allah will not care in which of its valleys he dies. This is what you worked for, this is what you sacrificed for, this was your concern. Wherever you end up, you end up. Allah will not take care of him in that way, that's special care that we spoke of. Remember we're saying Allah's kifayah is of two types. This is why we, I always mention it, general specific. It's important to mention it because we don't mean Allah's is not control of you in, in control anymore. It means there is a special type of kifayah that Allah has. Where Allah suffices a person in a special way. It takes care of your needs in a special way. This is what we are speaking about. He will still be there as the general kafi. In terms of he's still the one who is sufficient for all. But to get that special mercies, that special risk, that special you know, everything, this is what you have to do. And it's not the same like what everybody else else experiences. So we are speaking about a special kifaya allah takes care and suffices you in a special way in ways that you cannot imagine he will suffice you against everything you will have the special bounty special protection around you this is what we are speaking about not that which is in a, a general uh, sense at the end of the chapter the sheikh mentions a narration from abu A'un rahimahullah, where he was one of the tabi'een abu A'un was of the and he said that Ahlul Khair, يوصي بعض When the people of Khair, the people of goodness, the righteous people, when they would meet one another, they often would remind each other with three things, three reminders. And if they did not meet each other, they would write to each other, advising each other with three things. Man li the first advice was, whomsoever works for the akhirah, Allah will take care of his dunya. Allah will suffice his dunya. His dunya we needs. That was the first advice. Ma bain Allah, the second advice was, whomsoever rectifies that which is between him and Allah, Allah will take care of the people. Allah will take care of the people. This is, this is similar to the previous hadith that we did. Seeking the pleasure of Allah with the people's wrath and so forth. Whomsoever um, fixes up what's between him and the people, sorry, between him and Allah, Allah will fix up what's between him and the people. And the third advice was, وَمَنْ أَصْلَحَ أَصْلَحَ اللَّهُ عَلَى نِيَتَهُ Whomsoever um, fixes up his private matters, his private affairs, Allah will take care of his public affairs. Allah will take care of his public affairs. So this is the advice that the Salaf. That the people of righteousness would give to each other. If they met each other, they would advise each other with this. If they did not see each other, they would write to each other. And remind them of these three powerful advices for this dunya. Work for the akhirah, Allah will take care of your dunya. Fix up what's between you and Allah. Allah will take care of the people, what's between you and the people. And thirdly, fix up your private issues, your affairs. And Allah will take care of your public issues in your affairs. Allah, and Allah knows best. We'll take the last two names, which is Al-Kafil and al waqil Al-Kafil and Al-Wakil. Al-Kafil is the guarantor, the guarantor, and al waqil is the disposal of affairs. Right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says in Surah Al-Nahl, وَلَا تَنْقُضُ Aymana بَعْدَ Tawkidiha وَقَدْ جَعَلْتُمُ اللَّهَ عَلَيْكُمْ 'alaykum kāfīlā." وَقَدْ جَعَلْتُمُ اللَّهَ عَلَيْكُمْ 'alaykum kāfīlā. And Allah says, do not break your oaths after their confirmation whilst you have made Allah over you a witness. A witness, right? The translation says a witness. Shah Abdul Razakhi says, kafilan in this context either means a witness, shaheed, or it means a, a guardian, hafidhan, or it means a daminan. Daminan is a guarantor. Daminan is a guarantor. What does a guarantor mean? Huh? Sure, yeah. Right? Something that you or a person that acts as a guarantee. Right? He's a guarantor. Someone who acts as a guarantee, he's a guarantor. Okay? Allah is kafilan. he is your guarantor. He is your surety. Right? And is a linti hadith in Sahih Bukhari where a man from Bani Israel. He asked another man from Bani Israel to borrow him 1,000 dinar. And this man said to him, Show me your witnesses. Show me a witness that can bear witness over this transaction. And he said, Kafa billahi shaheedan. Allah is sufficient as a witness. And then the man said, Bring me a kafil. Bring me a kafil meaning a guarantor. Something that acts as a guarantee. That if I don't get it back. And the man said, Kafa Allah is suffice, as a Canon And the man said to him "Sadaq."t, Khalas, you spoke to the truth. I accept that. So, he gave him the thousand dinar for a specific time. Right? Let's say for argument's sake six months. And this man who took the thousand, he went, traveled by sea. حاجته, he fulfilled whatever he wanted to fulfill of his needs. And then he sought a Markiban, meaning a conveyance in this case I would say a boat, to return, right? To to pay off his debt. And of course he wanted to pay it off in that time, which they agreed, which we said for argument's sake was six months. But he could not find any way back. And so what did he do? He took a piece of wood, and he made a hole in the wood. فَأَدْخَلَ فِيهَا أَلْفَ دِينَارِ and he put the thousand dinars which he owed into the wood with a sahifa, meaning like a letter, inside. He put it inside, ثُمَّ موضعها, and he shut it closed tight. He closed up that hole tight. He then approached the ocean, and he said, اللَّهُمَّ إِنَّكَ تَعْلَمْ Oh Allah, you know very well, Anni كُنْتُ تَسَلَّفْتُ فُلَانَ الْأَلْفَ دِنَارِ I borrowed a thousand dinar from a man. فَسَأَلَنِي كَفِيلًا When he asked me for kafil I said to him, Kaffa billahi and Allah is sufficient as a guarantor. And the man was happy with this. And when he asked me for a shaheed, a witness, I said to him, Kaffa Shahidan, Allah is suffice as a witness. And the man was happy with this. And I strove hard to find a conveyance or a boat to take me back, but I could not, I had no way. And now, I leave it unto you. I leave it unto you, meaning this money, this wood, this plank, or let's say like a log. And he threw it into the ocean. Until it went deep out into the ocean, he then left. And he left to find another boat. And eventually, he searched and he searched for a boat. The man who lent him the money comes out one day looking for a boat, meaning he's looking for the guy to come back and pay him his debt. And he finds a log in the ocean, which of course had the money within it. And he took it to his family as firewood. Took the log, can use this nice piece of wood as firewood. And when he chopped up the wood, this log, he found within it the money and the letter. He found within it the money and the letter. Sometime later the man who borrowed the money, he came, found a boat and he came. And when he approached the man with the money, he came with another thousand dinar. Separate to what he put into the log he put and he was hoping to reach the man in time. Not knowing that he reached the man in time, he came sometime later with another thousand dinar. And this, the, the borrower said to him, did not you send me something? Did you not send me something? Or the first thing actually that happened was is He comes to the man and he said فَمَا وَجَدْتُ قَبْلَ الَّذِي أَتَيْتُ فِيهِ I could not find any boat before this that since now I've come to you I'm just telling you I couldn't find any boat That's why I'm late The man said didn't you send me something? And he responds by saying I just told you that I couldn't find a boat Meaning, I tried, I did my best. I couldn't find, it, and now I'm coming to you. And the man then said to him, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ أَدَّى عَنْكَ لَذِي بَعَثْتَ فِي الْخَشْبَةِ. Indeed, Allah has delivered on your behalf what you sent in that wood, that plank, or that log of wood. فَانْصَرِفَ بِالْأَلْفِ الدِّينَارِ رَاضِيًّا. And then he left with the other thousand. He kept it. Because Alhamdulillah, his debt was paid off in time and this is an example of Allah serving as his guarantor this hadith is in sahih bukhari Since in sahih bukhari Allah acted as his kafil as his guarantor and he took Allah as a guarantor and he was sincere in that and this person was sincere in that and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came through for them because they were sincere in that they truly believed Allah is al-kafil and this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came through for them again we say that al wakil, it means Al-Kafi. So al wakil is the disposer of affairs, yes, but it also has the meaning of Al-Kafi. It also has the meaning of Al-Kafi, and again we say general and specific. General meaning what? Over all things, Allah is wakil, As Allah says throughout the Quran, Wa huwa ala kulli shay'in Over Allah is over everything, a Wakeel. He is the one who disposes the affairs of everything. Wallahu ala kulli shayi and Allah is over every single thing a wakil right? but also in a specific way Allah is al wakil in a special way as we spoke about earlier for example for who? billahi and Allah says and rely upon Allah put your trust in Allah and sufficient is Allah as disposer of affairs and this is now something different to him being that in a general sense and the believers what did they say imana <inaudible> Surah Al-Imran when the iman increased they said Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil sufficient is Allah for us the best of wakil the best of uh, uh, those who are sufficient for us and the best of disposers of, of affairs Imam ash rahimahullah in this ayah he said he mentioned the different aqwal of the ulama on the meaning of wa- al wakil And he said that the meanings are very similar, but all of them, they go back to one meaning. That al wakil he is the one whom you put your trust in. al wakil is the one whom you put your trust in. And you leave your affo- affairs to him. You submit your affairs to him. That he will bring about goodness and he will keep, about, keep away evil and harm. And he says, La illa This cannot happen, this cannot be, it's not proper except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is only proper for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned against taking any other wakil besides him. Because there is no nafi' and no dar. no None that can benefit, none that can harm. Wala kafi, and there is none that's more sufficient illa huwa wahdah, except him alone. Jalla wa ala, alayhi tawakalna, in Him we put our trust and He is sufficient for us, the best of al-wakeel. Taib, Allah also invites us to istawakul, رَبُّ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ fattakhidhu وَكِيلًا He is the Lord of the East and the West. There is no deity except Him. So take Him as your wakeel. Take Him as disposer of your affairs. Taib, so We've spoken about wakil now, or should I say tawakkul in, in, in some detail, Alhamdulillah, and the, the great benefits of at-tawakkul At the end of the chapter, basically, the Sheikh says that tawakkul, first and foremost, is an action of the heart tawakkul is a deed that comes from the heart It's an act of servitude to Allah by putting your trust firmly in him, by turning to him for your affairs, and by being pleased with what he decrees. This is Tawaqul. And along with that is that you take the asbab to achieving what you want. <laughs> Rasulullah wa sallama, he said, Ihrus Alamayan Fa'uq. Strive hard in that which will benefit you billah and seek the help of allah so we take the means we tie our camel and the rest we leave to allah sincerely purely it's in the hand of allah without worrying without anxiety without you know whatever allah decrees i'm pleased with it whatever comes my way alhamdulillah this is true So, tawakkul removes what? It removes worry. It removes anxiety and stress. When you truly know that everything is in the hand of Allah. It takes that away from the believer. That's why Ibn Al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said, Shaytan loves a sad believer. He loves a worrisome person. Because they're easy to manipulate. But a person who is firm, who knows Allah is with him, Allah is suffice for him. Allah takes care of him. And he can't be broken down. He's not affected by what happens. Because he's with Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why the hadith says, is, Amazing is the fear of the believer. All of his affairs are good for him. And this does not apply except to the believer. It's only for the believer. If he's afflicted with, something bad sabara he has patience so it's something good for him something bad happens somebody passes away it's a musibah it's a great calamity and we carry on we have sabr we endure we have sabr and we know the outcome will be good so it's a good thing for you if something good happens to him shakara. he is thankful appreciative and grateful to allah so that benefit, that good thing, is a good thing for him. This is the believer. Is everything that happens is good, because he's with Allah Subhanahu He puts his trust in Allah Azza And the hadith, in another hadith, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, "Aajib tulil Mukmin." I am amazed at the believer. I'm amazed at the believer, because Allah does not decree anything for him except good. Allah does not decree anything for him except good. And that's 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 why we say, as a believer, you should not be a person of stress or worry or anxiety or depression. It's not befitting for the believer. It's not befitting for someone who knows Allah is al kafi Allah is al-Hasib, Allah is al-Kafil, Allah is al-Wakil. He is in charge of your affairs. He is suffice for you. He is your guarantor, He is your surety. A person who knows Allah subhanahu wa taala through these names and attributes. He becomes a firm, solid believer that is always with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah is always with him. And that is why Allah will be sufficient for him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Are there any questions? Tayyib wa sallallahu Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilahi ila anta astaghfiruka wa atubu